This is the Urban Political, the podcast on urban theory, research, and activism. Welcome to the Urban Political. My name is Ross Beveridge, and I'm with my colleague Marcus Kip. Today's podcast looks at the success of the recent housing deprivatization remunicipalization referendum in Berlin, Deutsche Wohnen Enteignen. We remind ourselves what the campaign was about. We look at what just happened. What is going to happen next, and the likely challenges in store. We also consider the wider implications of the Berlin case. We are very happy to welcome back two guests from previous podcasts on the subject: Joanna Kuziak, who is a research fellow at King's College, Cambridge, and a visiting scholar at Georg Simmel Center in Berlin. Uh, she's also an activist, prominently involved with Deutsche Wohnen and Eigen. And Andre Holm, who's a sociologist working at Humboldt University of Berlin. Andre is also a very prominent housing activist in the city. So perhaps uh, Joanna, if if you want to start, just give us a, a quick uh, recap. You know what, what what just happened. You know what was the result. Um, what was the process leading up to it? Uh, remind us very briefly of some of the the main arguments for and against uh, who was supporting uh, and who was opposing the campaign um well i think we have to do with the historical results and i um i would even say that on the 26th of september 2021 the domination of corporate finance over berlin homes is over of course uh, there will be still a political and legislative uh, process that follow but at it this a remarkable results, uh, not just the majority that voted yes in the referendum, but in the absolute numbers, we had over 1 million people voting yes for expropriation or socialization of housing that is still owned by corporate landlords. So um, this is, and this is this million votes, it's more votes than any political party got in, uh, in this election. If we were a political party to speculate, if referendum were a political party, we would have absolute majority to, uh, to vote or no. I'm saying all this just to show that there's enormous political mobilization and enormous uh, political power that is linked to this cause of um, taking housing back and taking it out of the spiral of financial speculation. The initiative Deutsche Wohnen & Co. and Eigen uh, started in 2018 and um, with the recognition that hit her to measures that uh, Berlin and Berlin tenant movements took to, to reduce the, the rapidly rising rents, they are not enough or they leave, leave us always in the defense when it comes to the new actor that appeared on the housing market, which is a corporate landlord. This uh, corporations are big scale entities. I mean, we uh, the referendum calls for expropriating all that own at least 3,000 or more apartment in the city. And although they appear to be operating on the housing market, it's always important to remember that their primary loyalty, their primary market of operation is the financial market. And just as in the let's say classical system, the traditional landlord uh, tenant relation is in the end, the tenant is a sort of client in capitalist mode for the landlord. 
This is not like this when it comes to corporate landlords. Um, the clients, the actual clients of corporate landlords are shareholders and all the shareholders care for is increasing the returns of profit. That means that almost independently what dynamic is present in the housing market, and additionally in Berlin, the demographics is growing. These corporations are technically structurally obliged to always up the rents um, and to save the cost of maintenance. And they've been doing it in creative ways. They have their own legal departments. They're very skilled in finding loopholes in the existing tenant law. So the referendum um, came out of the recognition that the only way of really solving the housing problem is Berlin is to address it at its root, and that's the property relation. So with this referendum, the, uh, the call and our politically successful call is to expropriate um, corporate landlords that own 3,000 or more apartments, which means altogether at least 240,000 apartments in the city. Do you, do you mind doing a little recap of what the key arguments um, leading up to the uh, expropriation campaign were and how, how they were countered? Um, I think we, we already heard some of this in, in the previous episode with, with Joanna, but maybe now reflecting back on it, what were the, 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 the key ones that, that have convinced uh, the electorate? Mobilization for the referendum is a result of extraordinary grassroots mobilization during the last two years. So because most of the political parties, most of associations, most of newspapers mobilized against the socializations in, in, in the last months yeah? and, and, and also some co-op housing corporations um, sent letters against the socialization and 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 therefore i guess that that's a that's a basic source of this success um was the grassroots mobilization so that that more than around 2000 activists um mobilized in, in all parts of the city, not only in the inner city, and you can see it um, also in the results, so that um, 10 of 12, in, in 10 of 12 boroughs, um, the majority vote um, for socialization and, and, and for expropriation, the big companies. And at least this success shows that, that the belief in the market as a solution to the housing question, this is um, in a deep crisis in Berlin. Nobody um, believes that, that, that the market or that only new construction will solve um, the rent increases and will solve the um, housing crisis we, we have in Berlin since many years. Yes, and just to uh, maybe just to follow up on uh, what Andre is saying, I mean, the success of referendum is the result of this enormous mobilization. Um, and this is by far the most successful referendum uh, of all referendums that we saw in Berlin in the recent years, in terms of absolute numbers, how many people signed the um, first get the signature to, to have a referendum started and then how many people actually voted yes. And this in itself, this mobilization is the result of the courage and of the imagination that I think uh, people in Berlin were ready for. I think, you know, everyone is sick and tired of, of um, 
of half solution and of the lack of political courage concerning the solving of the housing crisis. So even if at the beginning, and you know, anecdotically, um, the the idea of for the referendum uh, was, uh, I think. Uh, being considered uh, during Andre's birthday party, everyone says it, and it will, this will become a political legend now, but this is true, right? That it was Andre Holmes' birthday that was one of the nests of, um, of creating this new sort of imagination. But even among these activist medias, and Berlin is a fairly radical city in comparison, at the beginning, there was a lot of skepticism. Can we really go that far, right? Can we really call for expropriation, not for rent reduction, not for rent freeze, but straight on for the expropriation of these corporate entities. And many people, uh, including on the left, including activists, they were fearful that this is asking too much. And we see that in the end, it is the courage in politics that create power in terms of grassroots mobilization, that um, it is this, this expanding of the imagination of what is possible and how can we solve this crisis that uh, also provided the, the important fuel that allowed this mass scale mobilization of thousands of people in all the districts of the city. Perhaps to just follow up on one thing, um, uh, so one criticism or one uh, kind of doubt that's been raised about the 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 uh, the, the, the campaign is is this idea of uh, is is it strategically uh, a good idea to be going for a remunicipalization? Um, could uh, other solutions uh, be more viable? Um, have wider scope of sort of potential uh, in terms of addressing the housing crisis? Andrew, would you like to talk through some of those issues? At, at first, we we have to remember so that Berlin was in the past um, a city dominated by public housing and by social housing. Yeah? And in, in, in the beginning of the 1990s, I guess 60, more than 60% of the rental market was in the hand of public companies or was um, constructed as social housing. And, and during the last decades, um, a really strong privatization processes changed the conditions of housing in in Berlin, and 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 more or less all political parties uh, agree that the privatization was the biggest mistake in, in 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 Berlin's housing policy in in the last years, and therefore, um, it it's not so so stupid um like like others say um to to take back um, the housing stock um, into um, public hand as a to, to, to solve this um, biggest problem um, or this biggest mistake um, in, in Berlin's policy in, in the last um, years. And a second argument is um, that the social pressure of, of, of rent increase and, and, and high rents and, 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 and strong housing burdens for from thousands or hundred thousands of people in Berlin, this is an immediately problem. So it, it's happened now and nobody can 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 wait um, that the market will be um, 
come in, in a balance in, in, in the next 10 years um, following an, 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 a new constructed strategy. And therefore, it, it, it was an urgent need um, to, to, to have a short-term solution. So, and, 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 and remunicipalization is a short-term solution because um, it, it will be secure 200,000 households in the socialized um, housing stock um, against um, displacement, against um, rent increases in, in, in the next year. And what we also know is that at least 95% of, 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 of households live in still existing contracts. And, 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 and it's only a, a few number of, of, of people um, housing in, in, in new constructions, as also in, in, in terms of the um, relevance um, of new constructions and um, strategies for the existing housing stock. Um, it, it shows that it's um, quite necessary to find solutions for um, the still existing housing stock. And, and, and there is municipalization um, one of the best strategies to, to have a long-term effect and, and not only a short-term effect um, like in, in, in social housing or housing benefit or other instruments we know from, from housing policies. And a last argument for me is that, that it is really a kind of, of, of myth that there is no new construction work in, 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 in Berlin. When we show to the data of the, of the last four or five years, so then, then, then we know that um, more than 70,000 new flats were com completed in, in Berlin in the recent years. And this is much more than, than, than in the previous times. And, and, but, but nevertheless, the rent have continued to rise in, 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 in this time. So that is also the result or the success of the mobilization is also in result so that, that, that people know that even under the condition of, 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 of a strong new construction activities, um, my rent will increase um, in, in the time and therefore um, many people are supported um, the idea to have another solution and 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 and, and the solution the initiative presented um, was the recommunalization remunicipalization um, of 200,000 um, housing units it was uh, one of the most common myths that was spread by our opponents that socialization um, allegedly did does not create the new housing. This is also very directly not true. I mean, first is uh, if we see who builds the housing that is being built, then we see that precisely the corporate landlords, they did not build that much at all. I mean, if you look at Deutsche Wohnen, enormous capital, 120,000 apartments units in Berlin. In the 10 years, I think between 2007 and 2017, they build less than 100 apartment units in Berlin. And this is part of the fact that because they're so oriented towards extending profits for the shareholders, they cannot risk this long-term process of construction. I mean, they play a different game. The finance capital is always invested in the short-term game, whereas the construction of new apartments, a risky business that demands an entity that has a more of a long-term planning and that is not so dependent on having to um, 
have profits from the built apartment within in the short term. And that's why it is, there's a wonderful blog post at uh, Andre's blog webpage that shows, historically speaking, these were the public entities that built the most um, in Berlin and not the private entities. And this is part of the structural logic. The second uh, argument is that, I mean, if we ask, why did this corporation buy this housing to start with? Why they were buying these hundred thousands of apartments? Because these apartments bring monthly profit. And if we re-communalize or re-municipalize this apartment, even under the condition where we diminish the rents to make it affordable for every Berliner, this housing still brings income every month. And that means that this income can be successfully reinvested, for example, to construct new housing, to improve the quality of the maintenance, to transform the housing stock so that it matched the ecological criteria that I needed for the current times. And this is, uh, this is the question in the end. Do we need to use the income that uh, comes from, from the rent, that comes from the salaries of Berliners who live there? Do we want to use this money to build fortunes of shareholders living abroad? Or do we want to use this money to build apartments in Berlin? And our response as a campaign is we want this money to come back to the city to be used for the new construction and to be used for public purpose. Thank you, Joanna. Um, perhaps we could move on to thinking about What's going to happen next? What the the formal steps in the process, Andre, and what kind of challenges or potential scenarios uh, um, uh, are possible in, in in the coming months and, and perhaps years? First, so we we have to look to the referendum itself. This referendum included a kind of request to the um, Berlin's government to enact a law. Um, on socialization of large housing stocks. So, and um, therefore, the government um, is requested to um, develop such a law. And, and, and in, in such a law, they have to name and justify um, the specific um, housing stocks. They um, have to set an idea of compensation amount and the modalities of, of, of compensation and um, a third part of, of, of this um, socialization law um, is to create the socialization agency. Yeah, the initiative um, proposed an institution under public law as a actor or agency of, of, of socialization and, 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 and such an institution have to be established um, by by an institutional act um, in, in German Einrichtungsgesetz um, für die öffentliche Anstalt. And um, this, this is at, at, also the, the formal um, procedure. So also the referendum request the government and, and, and the new government um, after the election last week um, have to create such a law. The political side is much more complicated this, this, um, than, than this, this, this formal steps um, to a um, socialization law in Berlin um, because uh, um, the, the parties are not always agree with the uh, um, request of the referendum, especially the, the social democrats. Um, they um, had the most um, 
votes in in in, in the election and uh, and and the, the biggest party in in, in the parliament um they argued a lot against the um initiative and 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 the referendum itself um but at least um they they have to implement um this um call from 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 berlin's majority at last at least so and and so it, it will be quite interesting to see the um process of coalition building and 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 and, and to see how um the new coalition and maybe it's the red red green uh, the, the old coalition again um how they implement the issue of the referendum and 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 the implementation of the referendum and in 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 their coalitionsvertrag in in, in their um, coalition agreement so and but um i guess that is a really good um point of the initiative that they um made this week a lot of statements that that they will stay in a active modus and and activity modus and 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 to be um intervene into the um discussion um around the coalition building I mean, within the within the German legal system or Berlin legal system, it is so that a referendum is not legally binding. It means um, the socialization does not happen automatically just by the fact that we want a referendum. However, it is politically binding, which means it is very, especially with the results of um, absolute number of one million votes, it will be very hard for any party to ignore the outcomes of the referendum. And the enormous mobilization that we've built, the fact that we anchor it in all the districts, that we have thousands of people on the ground, we will employ the full power of the political structure that we created to become a sort of the watchdog and a negotiation partner to make sure that the results of the referendum will be implemented. And we are also not ready to come down with our claims I mean, what we what we can negotiate is, of course, the form of the socialization law, but not the fact that socialization law as such uh, must be written, which means we are not ready to come down of our claims towards some more minor uh, versions of, of rental regulation. Now, considering this legislation writing process, because what would need to happen legally, uh, there would need to be a bill the socialization bill, um, the second bill uh, concerning the institution that would manage this housing in a democratic way, because that's a legal demand of socialization too, uh, according to Article 15 of the German Constitution, and then the third bill considering the, um, the sum of uh, compensation paid uh, to these corporate landlords. The two crucial bills, the socialization bill and the institution that would manage this housing, we as an initiative drafted those bills in the recent months and they are available on our webpage. These are really multi-page bills um, written in legal language by with the with the participation of legal experts. And of course, we, we don't expect probably that the Berlin Senate would just adopt our bills one-to-one, -one, but we see those bills as a benchmark from which to start the discussion about the socialization law. Could you tell us something about the parameters around which the compensation amount 
will be de determined. So um, the amount of compensation is purely a political decision. And uh, legally speaking, I mean, within the, you know, within the legal parameters of Article 15 and Article 14 of the German Constitution, we know actually only one thing, that this compensation would need to be below market prices. Because if these were market prices, this would not, legally speaking, be a socialization by the buyback. Uh, as the podcast is being recorded in English, I want to also, I saw in lots of English media talking about city purchasing this apartment. This is factually not true. I mean, this is socialization. This is, legally speaking, a different um, act. Um, and it includes a very strong um, argument for the common good. So this is not an act of commercial buying of housing through the city. Um, and uh, again, like how to, so, so the, the sum of the compensation, how high this compensation will be, is technically a political decision. And legally speaking, it needs to be a sum anywhere between one euro and one euro below the market price. Now, you might think that one euro is not a politically realistic option, and probably it is not a politically realistic option at the current moment. But I think it's worth mentioning it also uh, to keep in mind that when East German industry was privatized, often it was privatized for one Deutsche Mark. Um, to German mark in that case. So it is not also that there are no historical precedents for doing uh, property transfer at outrageous prices and technically, legally speaking, that, that could be possible as well. Now, most probably this will be somewhere in between. And the legal principle to set this compensation is the weighing or balancing of interests of both sides. The one side being corporations, and we know very well what their interests are. They want to get as much money as possible. But more interesting is the other side of this, of this balance equation, which is the common good of all Berliners, or the devoid Allgemeinheit, they say in German, so the, the good of the general society. And how to measure it? And uh, Andre can speak more to it because he, he is one of the proponents of, of this way of measuring it, that the campaign took over, I mean, Andre's idea is um, the so-called faire miete model, the fair rents model. So what we in the end propose is to set a compensation at the level that would allow to pay this compensation back with a credit that would be financed with income from the rents, while at the same time keeping rents at the affordable level so that even the poorest of Berliners would not need to spend more than 30% of their income on rents. And with this balancing of corporate interests and, and of this uh, interest of tenants in Berlin, we arrive at the number around 10, 11 billion euros, uh, which, is, uh, which is what we propose. And of course, you will see many other numbers because it is a heated political discussion and uh, there are uh, different models of, um, of claiming that our model really starts from this interest of the general society. In, in, in this legal formulation, weighting up or balancing out the interest of, of, of the corporations against the interest of the general interest, um, we see different ways to, 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 to find the compensational value or, or 
mark and then then on 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 the side of of the general interest um we we have to say that the the aim of the socialization of 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 big housing stocks um is to provide Berlin's tenants with affordable housing and and therefore it it makes absolutely sense to calculating backwards from the affordable rents um to 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 the amount what monthly and yearly can paid for the refinanzialization refinanciation of 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 the um compensational amount and 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 by calculating in in this way um we can follow the initiative with a fair rent model but but also if you calculate um by by an by by other models of of affordable rents um, for example on the basis so that that there will be no rent increase in 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 the next year so that that uh, kind of model of 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 frozen rent prices in the in the segments um then you can calculate backwards and you will see so that um maybe you can pay um a compensation by 16 or 70 billion euros so but but even not more if if you go higher than 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 such an amount um then the refinancing of the socialization will be hollowing out the, the aim of socialization yeah if, if you need um, a rent increase to to pay back um the um, compensation then it makes not sense from the general interest for the other side of of, of the market actors um we discussed so um what what is a minimum compensation they 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 they, they should um get from 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 the compensational um regulation and um there it's an interesting um model to um, based on the real investments the companies um spent during the last 10 or 15 years into the housing stock so that that we sum up um all investments what they paid um for the property how many um investments they they, they invest for modernization and 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 improvement of the housing stock and then we can give them an, an short extra um credit for 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 their investment and 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 then it, it is also around 15 16 70 um billion euros if, if you calculate um on, on on what they really um invested in the in in the last year so and and you we, we could say that this is an quite um fair compensation yeah we, we give them back um all what they um spent during the last years and and then we um calculate an interest rate by 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 four percent of 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 this own investment and um so i would say um this is um fair enough to compensate um the property so but the market actors itself the big companies um they are oriented on on, on the market value so but the market value is more than 30 40 billion euros in, in Berlin it, 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 it's 
at least a result of of, of um, real estate speculation and and and, and there is no um, real value um against this um speculative uh, market value so and, and therefore it, it makes not sense to to compensate um with with a um, market value at least joanna as as you said at the beginning this is uh, uh the results uh, historic is uh, uh, a, a huge moment um what kind of political impact do you think it'll have uh, on politics in Berlin, uh, housing politics in Germany, uh, uh, and pe perhaps internationally? Um, I, I'm sure that the referendum has, we can already observe the referendum has enormous impact on all scales of politics. And just to reflect a little bit on how all the scales are present in the campaign, what we see basically is we seeing a very local based grassroots campaign that is using the frameworks of national legal system in order to confront global financial players. Because if you look who the shareholders are of this corporation, we can see the usual players of global capitalism, BlackRock, Blackstone. I mean, so, so already here you see how all the geographical skills uh, are being played. And, and from there also you see the political implications that are on geographic scales. I mean, on Berlin scale is of course the most obvious, whatever happened, um, I think it is fair to say there's no political permission for speculating with housing in Berlin and this uh, million votes prove it. And I think it will be enormously difficult for politicians of any option to really increase you know, speculation of housing or allow for more speculation of housing um, anymore. Of course, this has been very inspiring um, within the whole Germany and we were observing this during campaign. We had groups of people, for example, during the um, collecting of signatures, which was objectively difficult because it was COVID, it was lockdown, it was bad weather. And nonetheless, we had groups of uh, people from different cities, from Frankfurt and, and uh, other cities that just came to Berlin for the weekend only to help us collecting signatures. And um, this discovery or rediscovery of, of Article 15 of this political clause uh, that allows socialization, and that was always there since 1949, but we as a campaign brought it back to the public attention and showed that it is possible actually to, to socialize, um, well, in our case, housing, has been very inspiring beyond the housing movement itself. So, for example, just today I saw on Twitter, uh, there is a launch of the campaign Socialize Energy. So the campaign um, that uh, uses, wants to use a socialization clause to, uh, yeah, to socialize energy networks. We definitely got a lot of interest from the ecological movement because Article 15 also allow socialization of natural resources. And I personally would not be surprised if we would see ecological movements trying to use Article 15 uh, for some claims. So uh, in some sense, the political result of the campaign is also bringing back to public attention the importance and the possibility of public ownership of resources that are crucial for human rights and for public good, be it housing, be it energy, like things that are of strategic importance, which is precisely what was the original aim of uh, this constitutional clause in, uh, in 1949, to give the democratic state 
a tool to uh, have control of the most important assets that are crucial for the well-being of the society. And on the global scale, I mean, as I am one of the spokespersons of the campaign for the last week, I mean, we're talking a week after the election results, I spent the whole week speaking to journalists from everywhere, New York, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Eastern Europe, everywhere, because I think what we manage is we manage to expand the imagination precisely to show it is possible to for a grassroots movement to confront themselves with the, you know, the, the full weight of, of, of corporate power, because that's what we were doing. And even if the particular legal solution that we propose is naturally very specific to the German legal system, it does matter to show it's possible because it might inspire new legislation, new types of solution in the different countries. But also I would claim it is important that it happens in Germany and not, for example, in Eastern Europe or Brazil or whatever, because this confrontation that uh, till now has, has been extremely successful happens in one of the centers of global capitalism that Germany is. I mean, it's the fourth biggest economy in the world. It's the effectively biggest power of the European Union. So if this is possible here, if this works here, that set enormous precedence for the rest of the world. Andre, would you like to add something? Yeah, and also in 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 general speaking, I I I guess that this referendum and and the success of the campaign is a really big sign of hope. So and and it, it could be the first time that in the mayor metropolis um, that the failures of neoliberalism might be rolled back. So the, and and this this gives hope um, also in many other cities. And and for me, it, so I'm 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 not so. Um, speakers person of the um campaign but but i also received a lot of emails and and and, and questions from colleagues and friends and comrades of, of of many other cities and 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 they are interested so what what is happened in berlin and could this work also in in our city so and a second dimension for me is so that it's not only a good political instrument um to to roll back uh, the neoliberalism but it is an um, instrument um promoted um by a big grassroots mobilization so that also in terms of all these discussions about municipalism and give back the cities to the um citizens um this campaign is is is, is quite hopeful and 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 in in really general terms so i i would say so that that we know since or we hear since many years so this 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 China argument so there is no alternative so and the referendum on the expropriation of big housing companies show that there are many and realistic alternatives so uh, it means so it's Tamara instead of China so at at, at least and and in 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 the so all in all I I would say so that that this referendum and 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 the call to socialized um big housing stocks from 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 international and financial um corporations so that that this this will will be a kind of signal so that that also in in other cities and other countries um many tenant organization grassroots organization will 
think um, about new alternatives um, which will work in in their context of course yeah you, also I'm, I'm 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 really sure that 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 this proposal for for socialization um works quite well in berlin so but um the the way to find radical but also realistic strategies and alternatives to 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 neoliberal housing and urban policies this this will be um happened in in in, in many many other cities and it will an, an inspiration for 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 many tenant and urban movements around the world yeah tamara it's been really great uh, talking to you about this uh, very exciting movement and uh, the election. So thank you very much, Andrea and Joanna. Thanks to you for listening. For more information, visit our website urbanpolitical.podigy.io Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter.